We are all evil in some form or another. Are we not? I was in alliance with the evil that is inherent in human nature. And that was who I was. Walking down. Satan is a stabilizing force in my life. It gives me a reason to be. It is a driving force that, that, that motivates me into doing things. I dream about the right welcome everybody to pub time podcast i'm ryan and i'm brad uh we've got something for you today episode three of the faces of death tournament richard the night stalker ramirez yes yeah, possibly man. the poop tooth predator <laughs> the poop tooth predator yeah he made meth mouth cool before south peak and even know what they had going so well there it goes Two more listeners. <laughs> Do they have internet in South Pekin? Probably not. Very unfortunate. Um, we should. Uh, we need to talk a little bit about the Ted and Ed matchup. Yeah, Big Ed's running away with it, son. He is. He really is. And a lot of love for the big man. I'm surprised because I had never heard of Ed Kemper leading into all this. And I'm surprised at how many people had, I'm assuming, had knowledge of him before they listened. And there's probably some it's people that, that it's that Mine Mine Hunter on Netflix, yeah. man. People love that show. And and he really did help profile, you know, quite a few other serial killers, you know. So is he like the uh, serial killer version of that uh, Frank Abagnale, the guy from Catch Me If You Can, where he starts helping them catch uh, yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. Con artist? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. What was that quote about the mouse? Two mice one, fall into a bucket of cream. Yeah. One, one turns that butter. And the other one turns and then walks out. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, that is a good movie. Christopher Walken, right? Plays his dad. You love Christopher Walken. More cowbell, son. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I, I think Big Ed's run away. I think he's a fan favorite. When's it end? We're going to let it go till Friday. Okay. Friday we'll call it because that's when, you know, this face-off, so to say, will take place. Richard Ramirez versus Dennis Rader. BTK, so, right? Yeah. Find him, torture him, kill him. You know, in hindsight, I think we're going to look back and think that we maybe should have seeded this thing a little differently. How so? Because maybe, like, maybe Son of Sam, David Berkowitz, maybe he would have been a more appropriate eight. He's a dog. He's seven. He's a seven. Yeah. So what, you trying to knock Gacy out? Is that what you're doing here? 
I don't know. I got a little love for the clown. Do you, gotta, son. Do you have any predictions it. on how, how you, what I, you think the final will be? The final? I think it's going to be. Let me, let me, let me, you go first and then I'll go through what I think my, you know, those quarterfinals. I think it's going to come down to Kemper and Gacy. And and honestly, the biggest part of that, other than the crimes, is the their size. Right. I think that's going to have a lot to do with it in people's minds. What about us being from Illinois? Do you think there'll be some Illinois homers who just... <laughs> Big John Wayne Gacy fans coming <laughs> out of the woodwork? Who knows? You know what I mean? You got to think, too, though, people here, like, especially maybe some of the older crowd, they remember seeing that on the news, you know, being a part of it. You know, it's where some of these other ones that wouldn't be on your everyday news. You'd right. catch it now and then for sure, but just because of the, the time it took place. Yeah, and just the location, yeah. you know. Um, when did the Gacy stuff go down? Was that eighties? Yeah. I mean these guys Man, the eighties, is that just that was just the free for all serial huh? killer heaven. No, eighties was kinda weird. Green though. River. I mean, basically everyone we're getting ready to talk about operated at that time. All the, the children of the baby boomers, huh? Yeah. Blame Free love. Friend. Blame the baby Free boomers love, for son. everything. Yeah. So, and another thing about Ed, despite the horrible things that he did, he almost seems the most relatable in a lot of ways as far as yeah, like his I said, personality. He's out of this I, I hesitate. He might be the only person you'd feel somewhat safe to sit down near. You well, know what I mean, I would say that, but he—that's how he wanted everybody to feel, right? Out of, right. A lot he, of these, he people, may be playing you. He may lo- be playing well, me. A lot of these know. people wanted their victims to know, like, like to be tortured, to suffer, right. to know what was coming, and to fear what was coming. Where he was the opposite. Like he right. very remorseful. He did not want them about to, that part. To, he did not want them to think that he was capable of sort of thing right and irrimatio he wasn't he wasn't doing it because he had any hate towards these people it was just this deep-seated dysfunctional need that he had to fulfill right and like i said i think if he would have killed his mother first i probably would have been short story yeah he would have never made the list uh i don't don't know that it ever would have gone any further i'm uh i'm thinking it's going to be Jeffrey Dahmer versus Richard Ramirez. Yeah. yeah. Dahmer will be pretty full by the time he gets to the finals. <laughs> Fucking right. He's going to make a little room, bud. Purge. It's a lot of penises. He's got a purge, son. He will. <laughs> He'll find room. Get in where you fit in. Keep him in a cooler, I guess. <clears throat> He'll have a Yeti. He'll be bringing a Yeti to the dark alley packed full of uh, penises and heads. <laughs> Heads of both kinds. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, we uh, we thought the Bohemian Grove was a sausage fest. Yeah, the Dahmer's house. One one thing I will say about Ramirez compared to the other seven contestants, he might be the most evil person we're going to talk about. As far as at least outwardly. Yeah, for sure. Now, you inwardly, they're all evil demons. Right? <laughs> but he—he's not trying to. 
convince you otherwise. No. The more fear that he can instill in you, the more afraid of him you are, the better in his mind. I mean, truthfully, this is the only, you know, research-wise, this is the only one that, so far, that's really made me uncomfortable going as far as like where because these others like what do you so t- far well i'm saying like you bundy, locked them windows and them doors last well, night didn't i'm you? saying bundy and um uh, kemper both targeted women right. i mean i know yes kemper killed his grandfather but there you know there was right. a that was an honor killing. method to the honor killing. And honor killing you know i was asian contingency I was not, would the, despite despite my curvy figure i would not have been on their radar you know no, and... no, no way they're getting you up on that mountain, son. <laughs> to where Ramirez, he did not discriminate. He was open To season. be honest, later on we'll talk about it, but you'd have been the first out. Yeah. And he right. walked in the house. If there was a man there, they were the first one yeah. first. Yeah. They gone. Um, but no, I agree. He definitely s- seems to be the most... He he gives genuinely the least person. fucks out of anyone in this group. I would you know? agree, and whether that's uh, stem from something in his childhood or. And one thing I was thinking about is how it's gonna be really hard, and and I think the difference of circumstances with Ramirez is gonna help a little, but it's gonna be hard not to get redundant through this series because we're gonna say a lot of the same things about a lot of these people. And we're going to say things like, man, I just can't believe that, or it seems so surreal or wild or whatever. But it's it's hard not to be because there are so many parallels Yeah, beyond, beyond just the murdering. There's there's a lot of... We're, we're normal human beings. We don't walk around doing this types of shit to people. But I think that's what makes it so fascinating to me, you know, is just that another person can do this to someone... You know, for no reason. And I think when when we dig in here in a minute to Ramirez's childhood and upbringing, you talk about yeah. op- opening oh. the door to just one of the most dysfunctional groups of people. Totally and, agree. And, oh my goodness! The, and the it's just only like, you get these one-off crazies. Thing but he this may is, have had was his mother. Yeah, I mean, this is just a family of absolute lunatics yeah and and i've i've heard some different uh you know explanations of what people think maybe were you know at least for his immediate family so and i think that and i don't know the childhood of all the rest of the i know a couple i know a little bit about Dahmer, a little bit about son of sam the the rest of the guys along the way i haven't done the research at this point to know a lot about their upbringing but I got to believe that if you just <clears throat> took all names out of it and you laid down eight stories of their childhood right. and said, here they go, which one is the craziest? I got to believe you. Like, there's 100. Which are you just said, which one of these turns out to be a serial killer? If you had to pick one, it'd be this one. Oh, yeah. If there's a, you know, a formula to being a serial killer, I got a good feeling. This one has all the variables. Oh, goddamn. Every it's ingredient. All, all three. It fits them. Every ingredient into making a serial killer is in the Richard Ramirez recipe. All right. So you ready to get into Ricardo? 
Lay it out there. All right. Ricardo Leva Munoz Ramirez. I apologize. I'm not Spanish. Was born in El Paso, Texas on February 29th, 1960. So he only had a birthday once every four years, too, huh? Leap year. That's supposed to be lucky. Obviously not for this asshole. Uh, his childhood is considered an influence on his crimes. His father, uh, Julian, Julian, yeah, Julian. was a heavy drinker. Was prone to fits of anger that often resulted in physical abuse. I heard something about he was in the garage working on a car or something like that, and either couldn't get a a nut off or some. Every uh, everybody's been in the garage holding that flashlight for dad. Yeah. And so he, I know where you're going with this. He could not, you know, maybe a rusty nut and bolt, whatever the case. We've all been there. Yeah, fucking matter and in a wet cat. He ready to tear the house down. He apparently got up, lost his mind, and started headbutting the wall. Yeah, this is dad. Dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, right there, there's numero uno ingredient. So the funny part is, like, dad was actually a police officer in Juarez, Mexico. You probably got to be a little crazy to be a police officer anywhere in Mexico. Uh, Juarez especially. Yeah. Like that's where the, all, all the cartels and shit run and like so to this point in time dad's probably seen some shit as well. You know what I mean? Obviously he wasn't a killer. He's just an asshole. Beat his children. I'm sure he beat his wife Mercedes as well but uh they even bring up that mom worked at like a textile factory and that she was, you know, basically around all sorts of chemicals and fumes and stuff basically the entire time she was pregnant with all four children, I think they have. And uh, Richard's older brother was a complete waste of space. I mean, in and out of jail. Richard was theft. the baby, right? Yeah, baby boy. But uh, his dad's abuse at one point in time had gotten so bad that Richard would escape to uh, sleep in a local cemetery. And that's where he began smoking marijuana. Could you imagine? I know you can't because you're asking. No, there ain't no way you'd be hanging out in a cemetery. I would, I, you could, I would sleep literally anywhere else. Anywhere Let alone else. rolling up a couple doobies and hanging out in the cemetery. I can't imagine that level of paranoia. Oh, my God. I, I would sleep anywhere else. Anywhere. I, I would it take, makes me nervous just thinking about I'd it. I'd take my chances in, on the shoulder, on the concrete, on the shoulder of Interstate 74, like in, you know, or wherever, in the middle of Interstate 74. I'd just roll that the dice. obviously wasn't close to Ricardo's house. So, <laughs> And at some point in time, Dad's tactics towards him kind of changed, right? From... Well, it's, strict it's, disciplinarian to almost like pleading with him to change his behavior and the yeah because he had seen how his older brother was and at like age twelve or thirteen, uh, Richard was like the stud quarterback of his high school football team as like a freshman. Yeah, so probably fourteen or fifteen then at that point. Yeah, maybe. See, I remember him saying he was younger, but it it probably was. Uh, He'd end up getting a concussion. Well, he, he had epilepsy. From, so, kind of backtrack. We'll That's backtrack. Fine. When he was three, 
babysitter's there, mom and dad both working. He pulled a dresser over on top of himself. Because he asked, right? He asked the babysitter. He wanted something that the was high up. Radio. So he pulled Turn out, pulled out the drawers, climbed up, got to the top, tips over, splits his yeah. head open, right? Wide open. And when he, he thought someone, he was like unconscious for yeah. like 15, 20 minutes. And then I believe when he was eight, uh, him and his older sister at the park, her or someone else is swinging. He walks by and just catches their feet. Right to the head. Same thing. Puts him out, you know. And a, psych, a psychiatrist later, I'm pretty sure this was after he had uh, passed, they had... Uh, well, he probably had... Uh... Basically been examined and that they described Ramirez as a maid psychopath. That uh, his schizo- uh, schizophrenia and his personality disorder... Uh, were suffered from multiple head injuries. He had been knocked unconscious and almost died on multiple occasions before he was six years old. Which had, he probably had CTE, right? The stuff yeah, they're talking about. That's the what they talk about: yeah. temporal lobe epilepsy. So Aaron Hernandez, and that's what would have caused his disease, uh, hypersexuality as well. So, so yeah, on top of the crazy ass family, <clears throat> you have him being knocked out cold a few times as a child. Right. Uh, severe head trauma, brain trauma, and... Probably one of the biggest influences in his life was his uncle, yeah, Miguel. Which, which before we get into that, because there's a lot to talk about there, back to when he played football in high school, can you... Because it, it, there came a point, right, where the coach... No learned, liability. Well, the coach learned about his epilepsy. Uh, epilepsy. Yeah, he dropped in the middle of the game. Because he's right in the middle of the field, he dropped, has a grand mal seizure in the middle of the game, right? Yeah. <clears throat> And the coach's like, nah, you can't play, man. Like, because he was like, I ain't having that on, not on my watch. Uh, you imagine how different his life might have been, you know? If yeah, he, if he would have stayed the stud quarterback in Texas. and It's kind of interesting. But he could have went on to hook him horns. So. Didn't work out that way. As Richard gets older. He gets introduced because I, I think he was gone for a while, but all of a sudden he, he starts to develop a relationship with his older cousin, Miguel, or they call him Mike Ramirez. Right. And Mike's a decorated Green Beret combat veteran from Vietnam. Uh, he had a track record in Vietnam of raping, torturing, beheading, beheading just mutilating women. Many women, and he on both sh- sides, yeah, shrunk a few heads and kept them. Well, well a couple guys even said he used them as like pillows, yeah, you yeah. know, maybe when they're out on a yeah but mission. So. But you know, and you kind of think about that, it's like, fuck, we got to say something to Mike, but that's um, a guy covering our ass tonight, you know, what I mean, he's on fire watch, like. That or you might be afraid you're going to you become just, the next you pillow. Just, you keep that fire in you, Mike, until we get out of this jungle. And, yeah, they, they said that he was the perfect soldier, especially in those circumstances, a great guerrilla warfare fighter, because he he loved doing it. I mean, he, he loved his work, per se, when it came to being... Yeah, not taking um, anything away 
from what those guys did because they were asked to do things mm-hmm. that normal people couldn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But just some of the things he... Uh... Some of the things he did were just nuts. And and they said that the, the commanders, they all knew about it, the, the higher-ups, they were aware of it, and they just sort of turned, turned a blind, a blind eye. eye. Yeah. And... They knew about it when he came back, but, you know, he was, uh, like I said, he was a highly decorated veteran, got all sorts of medals, and they basically just figured that well, once he became... He got to come back with all his Polaroids. And, and a few heads, yeah, shrunken so. heads, and, and they thought that once he returned to normal, normal society that yeah. maybe he'd just kind of snap out of it. Just uh, There's all sorts of crazy stuff those guys experienced, and I'm sure that this was not an isolated incident. I'm, I'm no. sure things like this happened uh, were, were widespread. Uh, so many of the women and girls in the photos are shown to have uh, been bound to trees with rope uh, before Mike raped them and then afterwards having uh, been killed by him, decapitating them with machetes. Uh, some photos Mike posed with the severed heads of the women that he had sexually assaulted and murdered. Uh, Richard would later state, while incarcerated, that he was never shocked or repulsed by these images and stories of his cousin's wartime atrocities in Vietnam uh, fascinated him. Yeah, and he also, you know, at age 12 or 13, figured he would show his uh, cousin how to, you know, basically be undetected. Yeah, that would murder someone. Well, and I mean, that's the crazy part is he had. So it, well, as we go idea. on, there were, there was multiple members of his family that basically taught him the skills that he ended up using um, to murder countless people. And Mike was the first one. Sixteen, I believe, in total. Yeah, Mike was the first one when he well one opening his mind and his eyes to those sort of atrocities. Yeah, actual photos of it, not just stories, but like yeah, photographs. And I don't know if he showed them. They never really talked the about heads. the heads, but I'm sure he did. And and then talking to him, like you said, about here we go. Cheers, Brian. Yeah, Bush Latte. Opening uh opening up that can of worms when it starts talking about <clears throat> sneaking around undetected at night, things like that. Yeah, being the night stalker. I mean, obviously trying to be undetected is numero uno and it's even it's it's equally screwed up that mike saw this as an opportunity to you know you hear about a relative maybe takes a younger relative under their wing to mentor them and pass something along something down to them that's in most cases useful or a family tradition uh takes on a whole new meaning here right well yeah and plus the fact you know most soldiers who took part in different wars, battles. You know, the last thing they want to do is share what happened. Or want you to go through the same thing they did. Right. But this asshole almost, you know, he's happy. He wants to show you. I wonder where the Ramirez family seed got poisoned, where along the line it went bad. Probably in Juarez. I got a good (laughs) feeling. If I had to... You had to guess? If I had to guess... No play on words there, but. So. Richard started spending a lot of time with Mike. 
and he was actually lived with them for a while. Yeah, and he was present mm-hmm. at Mike's home with Mike and his wife and their children on May fourth, nineteen seventy three, when Mike fatally shot his wife Jesse right in the face with a handgun. So do you do you remember like reading through that Richard was looking through the fridge for something to eat and Miguel's forty five pistol is in the freezer. I heard he I remember asked that was... him, he goes, uh did you remember you put that in there? He goes, Yeah, I need to keep it cool. I might use it later. And like that's earlier in the day and he shoots Jesse in the face later that yeah. night. Well, because they maybe had some sort of a disagreement. He gets the gun out and she starts kind of mocking him like, put that thing away. You're an idiot. And he says something about shooting her. So he she gets right in his face and is like, I dare you. You don't have the balls. And he did. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes they have the balls. Yeah, you just don't bet on stuff like that. Right. Yeah, you know, I would not. The guy's got a track. Maybe she was oblivious to all this other stuff. I'm sure, but wow. So, it, this happens, and uh, it, Mike tells him, "Hey, you don't ever tell anybody about this. Done deal." And he leaves, and at some point, they realize that she's missing. And Richard's dad, Julian, 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 he's like, hey, we're going to go to their apartment. We're going to see if we can find anything and see, you know, to help with the search. And so they go to the apartment where she was murdered and Richard talks about standing there and like the body's gone, but there's no cleanup. There's blood on the floor and everything. And he talks about seeing the congealed blood on the floor. And then, you know, his dad's like, go look for, you know clues and he's like digging around a jewelry box in her room and talks about how like handling her belongings after witness witnessing her being murdered and loved it knowing that she was dead like he felt this connection to her and he talks about like how that was the first time that he had really like felt something internally like tingling you know yeah. yeah and this sort of open the floodgates with all that yeah so after uh after mike shot his wife richard was forced to move in with his older sister ruth and her husband roberto who is an obsessive people just in Tom. california at this yes. point right yeah, so they yeah. get out there and like i think his parents at this point are thinking to get you out of here get you away from Time this crazy shit in texas right and we'll get you out that way and maybe change the scenery will help so he had moved in with his older sister. Her husband, Roberto, is a peeping Tom. And he would take Richard on his Bayonet or no bayonet? Probably no bayonet. This is bayonet free. So, yeah, here we go. Here's person number two who is crazier than shit. You know, passing along uh, the art of being a peeping tom i mean if if i just happen upon something to look at i'm not saying i would turn away from it but i'm not actively seeking it okay no No. um i mean if you're advertising shit 
<laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It, so Richard's uh, brother-in-law, Roberto, he's he does more though of this like how to how to move around at night undetected. Thing, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're and scoping out all the neighbors. Isn't is he the one? I thought there was someone along the way that's trained in like karate or what something. are you talking about oh, karate I, in the garage i thought that some somewhere he got some training in karate or something like that no if he did it would have been from miguel i would yeah. think hand-to-hand combat could be so after so moves in gets the you know peeping tom training from his brother-in-law and then sometime between eighth and ninth grade uh richard decides to you know at 14 years old add another ingredient to the serial killer recipe lsd using lsd i mean uh and uh so then at that point also he after the peeping tom seeing all the crazy stuff that his cousin was doing starts consuming using lsd and Next thing you know, he starts cultivating a strong interest in Satanism. In the occult. And then later on in life, he tries to drag Anton LaVey into this. Which, we'll get to him another day. But but I heard there's like, there's like conflicting stories. Because Ramirez he see, uh, tells, says like he got to talk to him. And get his and pull on a ritual. And yeah, go to bit. a ritual and all yeah. stuff. Where like, Anton and, LaVey is like, bullshit kid ever seen you yeah but like i said we'll get to him someday because i think he'd be a good topic to cover yeah i mean anytime you say something like the church of satan people's eyes get big right you know what i mean so do i think he's the greatest guy in the world no but so i I definitely feel like a negative light is usually shed on him so richard my beliefs always wanting to uh take things to another level he he does know, know something about he knows everything nothing richard about taking it to another level richard knows everything about taking it to another level and he decides he's going to start shooting cocaine intravenously oh my god can you imagine no have you no no oh my god i can't imagine i'll tell you that right now but and uh there there actually is another famous California predator who has something to say about this. But the biggest one is the cocaine. There they go. There they go. Cocaine, Jack. You say cocaine, man. They give it, you know, people say, yeah. Sure, I'll do a few lines. And I said to a guy, I said, uh, tell me, you know, what is it about cocaine that makes it so wonderful? And the guy said, well, it intensifies your personality. (laughs) And I said, yes, but what if you're an asshole? All right. right. Bill Cosby, everybody. (laughs) Not that I'd be accepting any drinks or uh, sleepover invitations, but... Yeah, no pudding pop from uh, the Cos. No. 
so, you know, Bill Cosby says that cocaine intensifies your personality. Correct. Makes you more of what you already are. Right. And that's what it's getting ready to do to young Ricardo. I have a long list of people. That you think that I hope abuse I am, cocaine? No, that I hope I am never around. Uh, if, when... Give me one. Choose to partake on a little sleigh ride. I uh, I don't want to be anywhere near these people. I will not name any names. Are you kidding me? Long list. All that built. Long list. So fucking people. give us one. Long list. Nope. Such a long list, but you can't give us one. Am I on that list, Brad? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's a goddamn lie. How much more of an asshole can one person really become? I really don't know. Do you think? Do you that, think people are still thinking about that kids with ass cancer thing? I said. Do you do you think that? Do you think that's still sitting in the back of someone's mind? Do you think that on cocaine you would be even more free than you already are? Free? No. Mouthy? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Moving on. Moving on. All right. So uh, while in school, Richard decided to get a job at a local Holiday Inn. Yeah, that's not creepy or anything. Where he sexually fondled and molested two children in an elevator. I did not know that. But it was I must have breezed right over that. Is that in there? Yeah. He. So it sounds like there was probably three or four, like, you know, adding these two plus two or three more that he, you know, did in the local L.A. area before he started Like you said, this dude didn't discriminate. He didn't care. He didn't give a fuck. At all, which is terrifying to me. Um, Okay, so kids in an elevator. These kids fucking by themselves. Yes. In an elevator. I guess this is what, the 80s? Yeah. 70s? Yeah. 80s. 80s. So, at a different time, I couldn't even imagine. No. And I don't think I'd send my kid down the hallway for a soda. God, I hate that. You know what I mean? Because you want your children to be somewhat independent. Dude, I remember. But you're at the point where, you know what I mean? You. Not that you need to live in fear, but fuck, at some point in time, you got to think about it. You know what I mean? I remember being, all right, fifth grade, probably. fifth, Probably about fifth, sixth grade. Okay. Uh, are we going to talk about, mine. are we going to talk about your father firing shoes at your head? No. Like <laughs> Julian. <laughs> like Julian. Please, please tell the listeners about oh, the aim goodness. your father has with a... Okay, they probably so, weren't Birkenstocks. What were right, they? So I'll, I'll tell one of those stories before we move on. So my dad, he, the dude could sleep, and and he worked early and stuff. So like on the weekends, though, it's like he'd do. And my mom always worked like second shift. Right. So we've all been there where you get that like you get home from work in the afternoon at like four to six o'clock where you just like cat nap time. If you lay down, like you could just pass out instantly, right? Let's do it. So my dad, you lay down on the couch, fall asleep. Uh, my mom would usually be working, and yeah, it'd come time, maybe like dinner time, or maybe it'd be like, hey, I want to go down the street and play with a buddy or something, and I'd have to like ask him, or hey, hey, dad, how about you cook some dinner? Hey, dad, how about, you know, can I get on the road or, you know, whatever. 
and he was the like you did not you could not wake him up like you like you yelled from across the room right don't like, get close to wake yeah because i yeah. mean if he could was close I, he just startled easily or yeah i don't know and, come out fighting like, if you were close enough where he could get his hands on you like i mean you'd have to like defend yourself for like a good 10 seconds until he the realized gyp- what was the gypsy going king on. was coming out yeah you, yeah, you they literally would have to like they said defend yourself or be prepared to at least for a few seconds until he realized what was happening um but times where like my sister and i would start bickering or arguing fighting quiet it ended up waking up my dad and uh yeah i mean whatever was closest to him um he'd grab and he'd chuck it man and the dude had some aim i'll give him that i know one time so where we lived like there was a doorway from the living room into the hallway and that hallway would go from the kitchen to our bedrooms and i remember one time being in the kitchen wanting to get to my bedroom and knowing i was going to make a run for it and i was going to be under fire and he had thrown a shoe and it hit me perfectly as I was running in my leg. So if I'm running, he took the whole body out. The the Love the it. shoes coming from my right side through a doorway. Yeah. I'm running, hits my the right side of my right foot. So it throws my foot behind my other knee, and I trip. I mean, it was the perfect throw uh, to take somebody down. Yeah, for bullseye. Sure. And uh, I remember one time my sister, like it was the phone book, was the closest thing. She caught the phone book. Old school dome. phone book? Oh, yeah. The yellow pages and yeah, everything. Son. Uh, so, yeah, he'll, that was interesting. He'll be brought up on charges later. <laughs> yeah. Was there a statute of limitation? No. no um, it, it's one of those you things. You can't get away with that slick. Funny, funny to talk about uh, now because obviously we survived and mostly stable. I can't speak for my sister, I guess. But, um, All anyways. Right. So, so uh, no, hold on. No, I got to tell the other story. Where are you going? Where well, are you going with this? What the hell was the story I was going to tell originally? Well, we just... We're talking about throwing flip-flops and shit. No, but what, what were we talking about before you brought... Oh, yeah, leaving kids alone. So, yeah. it's like fifth grade, and fifth or sixth, buddy of mine, uh, you know, I'd stay at his house all the time, he'd stay at my house, uh, his parents were going to, to uh, like on a trip to Chicago for the, the night, the weekend, whatever, and... I got invited to go along. So we go to Chicago. We're staying in downtown Chicago. And there was something that we wanted. And downstairs, I mean, literally downtown Chicago, downstairs out on the street to the corners of Walgreens. We're talking about Michigan Avenue. I, damn near. Probably. Well, it was at the Palmer House is where okay. we stayed, which is like smack yeah. dab in the middle. And there was a Walgreens on the corner of the block that this hotel was in. And like I said, we're 10. Maybe, and they're like gave us some money to go down to Walgreens. Walgreens huh? So yeah. literally, I mean, and once you got outside the hotel, I mean, I don't know, hundred yard walk, if that, outside on the sidewalk to where Walgreens was. Sure, and, then and there's back. probably enough people, but so well, many enough ends up being a fucking weirdo. You well, just be loud. So. But could you imagine? I mean, please help. Like somebody. even now, what? Caden's what sixteen. Would would you send them half I, a block I, down? I would like in downtown I would Chicago at night like too. To it was believe, like it was dark. I mean, it was I would like eight to o'clock at night. If someone's around, they're gonna help. You maybe, better. But most people, man, the most people are just out for number one. They're out to save their own skin. If I had a, heard a kid screaming, I'm fucking punching whoever's touching them on sight. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? No questions asked. I I agree wholeheartedly. So children listen. Scream rape first and then sort it out later if that's mom or dad. Very unfortunate, but <laughs> um so that's my story about how time I mean, just even from then, what when is it then? That's what ninety probably ninety five. How do you how do you really feel about it, Brad? Let's talk. Do you do you still have the impression from that shoe on your legs? <laughs> I, I do not. I do not. All right. So before uh, before Richard was fired from his Holiday Inn job, he attempted to rape a woman that he had broken to her room. Yeah, he thought she was alone, right? Yeah, she just stepped out. Well, she was at the time, but he didn't know that. And she's in the bathroom, distracted. Just stepped out of the shower. He sneaks in, slips into the closet. Yeah. Undetected. Correct. Attempts to rape her, and then uh, her husband shows up, who well, went to get ice. While well, she's got her own panties in her mouth. And beat the living fuck. I'm like, unconscious, beat Richard Ramirez. So, he's arrested. The couple's out of state, so... They didn't want to press charges because they didn't want to have to return to testify against them. Now, granted, that probably doesn't put them away for very long, but that probably saves a handful of people's lives. Right. And think about this. All three of the people we've covered so far, Bundy, Kemper, and now Ramirez. I've had a close call with the police. All three had all three been arrested. Right. At a young uh, age. In custody right. of the police right. very early on in their careers, if we'll call it that. Yeah. And for various different reasons, Bundy just straight up escaped. Kemper, you know, tricked them into thinking that he was normal. And then Ramirez, I guess, just got lucky. Right, because the, the state couldn't pick it up, you know, because I kind of thought about that. So, yeah, if, he couldn't be if, charged by the state for anything because the woman wasn't there to press said charges. So, so you wonder if that woman down the road, when the rest of these crimes happen, if she sees this on the news and she's like, "Oh Fuck, my god, I could have stopped some of that," you know, you know, especially this first one. This first one hurts. Anytime there's kids involved in something, I like this, fucking hate it. It makes you sick to your stomach. So, uh, April 10th, 1984, Ramirez was in San Francisco at the time. He murdered a nine-year-old girl by the name of Mei Lung in the basement apartment of a building where she was living at the time. Uh, Ramirez beat, strangled, and raped her before stabbing her to death with a switchblade and hung her partially nude body from a pipe by her blouse. This was Ramirez's first known killing, although he was not identified until 2009 when the DNA he had left at other crime scenes was matched to a sample. Uh, It wasn't connected at the time, or even later on, just because it never really fit his uh, M.O., and he, all of his 
crimes were there was no premeditation, right? None of these were really like, random. They were just one hundred percent random. Like you're he's walking down the you road. You might be and the guy just, like, just walking into your house. Yeah, and he's like, he's "You're coming. next," or he just picks a house and's like, "Let's go see what's in there." Yeah, he never uh, cased anybody. Yeah. You know, he's not a. Then that again, it just adds to what makes it just the so evil, terrifying. Yeah, could be anybody. Oh man. So, June 28th, 1984. This is a few months after the first murder. 79-year-old Jeannie Vincow was found brutally murdered in her apartment in Los Angeles. Uh, She'd been stabbed repeatedly in the head, neck, and chest while asleep in her bed. Her throat slashed so deeply... Uh, that she was nearly decapitated. Uh, His second known murder would go on to establish his pattern of breaking into homes, committing particularly vicious murders, and frequently burglarizing his victims either before or after killing them, which was mainly to support his cocaine addiction and pay his rent. Yeah, so after the Holiday Inn, I've read nothing of any sort of job that... uh young richard kept no i don't i don't think he worked anywhere he was basically just the drifter you know and a lot of these happen this is probably borderline we talked about this in the opening episode for this series about the difference between a serial killer and a killing spree this is probably really close to this is spree, I would killing, say. You know what I mean? Because this was pretty continuous once it started. And he was a big fan of the day-night doubleheader. So, like, he'd get the high from, you know, killing and raping someone. And he would leave their house in their car and go find another person. You know, a lot of his were back-to-back. They weren't. And we're not going to detail everyone, so there may be some that fall in between some of these. These are just kind of maybe the more violent, notable ones, if you will. Uh, so here's one that's not not even a year later, um, March 17th, St. Patty's Day, huh? Yeah. Uh, 1985. Uh, Ramirez attacked 22-year-old Maria Hernandez outside her home in Rosemead, California, shooting her in the face with a 22 caliber handgun after she pulled into her garage. She survived when the bullet ricocheted off the keys she held in her hand. So, um, can you imagine that? You get out of your car, you have your keys, like, just wrapped on your finger, and you put them up. He hits those keys. She was smart enough to drop to the ground. Possum, just fucking play dead. You got me. And then he walks in the house. Her roommate, Dale... Okazaki heard the gunshot was hiding behind the counter in the kitchen and as soon as he opens the door she decides to poke her head up dots her right in the forehead hell yeah out so then within an hour of this home invasion Ramirez pulls 30 year old Veronica Yu out of her car in Monterey Park shot her twice with a 22 caliber handgun and fled uh, these two murders and the attempted third in a single day attracted extensive coverage from the news media 
described Ramirez as a curly-haired man with bulging eyes, um, wide-spaced, rotting teeth, uh, dubbing him the Valley Intruder. So to talk about his rotting teeth a little bit, it sounds like his diet consisted of like 7-Eleven Slurpees and whatever horse shit he could find. Like, never brush his teeth. Well, because he said he'd just steal cars and sleep in them for days at a time. Yeah, that that was like his number one giveaway. All Anyone who survived his attacks were like, he smelled like shit. And I'm pretty sure it was coming from his mouth. So this cat had morning breath 24-7. No one likes a stinky raper. Uh, <laughs> nice piece of information, though. The people of California were nice enough to replace his teeth in like 1995 or six, he he got a full set of dentures. You know, while on death row, waiting to be fucking gassed. Let's go ahead and replace this asshole's teeth. That's the stuff because that, he he deserves that right. No, he doesn't. Yeah, and fuck that's him. that's the stuff that drives me crazy about the prison system, the legal system. I'm all about people having rights, but I think that big business, son. The moment you commit. These sort of crimes, especially, you've forfeited those rights. Touche. Um, I'm not even going to go as far as just say murder, because I think some murders sometimes are justified. None of his were. No. But as soon as they found out that he had anything to do with that child dying, it's gone. You're actually really no longer a citizen of the United States. So so why can't we treat you like we do people in every other country? Guy at work talks about this from time to time when we get on the subject of prison and them having all these rights and things like that. He goes, there's a job I would love. He's like, these people, you know, murderers, rapers, especially, child molesters, especially. So not a raper. He says, you give them, you know, you put them in there and then I'll come in. And I will beat them within an inch of their lives. Are you talking about the caveman? No. God, it'd be great if it was. Beat them within an inch of their lives, and then you will, they will recover. And then the moment they've recovered, I'll go in again a month later, whatever the case may be, beat them within an inch of their lives, and you let them recover and just do it over and over and over again for the remainder of their days. And you know, you think. Think of uh, you talk about needing jobs or things, things that you're gonna take these uh, war, war veterans, PTSD. You oh, want to find want to find a role for them where they could benefit society and something that could uh, release some of that anger pent up. Yeah, uh, come, please come in here and beat the shit out of this yeah. child molester. Just line them up, man. Yeah, seriously. Thirteen uh, just let weeks. Them take turns. Please. Just hey, go in, get your pull. Do it good, but don't do it too good. We like I said, you, you, you gotta you gotta pockets, have that so. self control to shut it down at you know, the last moment, the dogs. Yeah. and enough where they can live and recover, and then just rinse and repeat. That I, I don't know, man. That would be a miserable existence. A nine millimeter round really doesn't cost that much. So no, when they tell you how much capital punishment costs, they're so full of shit. Because well, because they're all about plenty. Being, plenty of people would volunteer. 
Well, and that's all about being humane. And oh, fuck that. Like they so, weren't humane in what they did. I agree. They don't deserve the same and, rights as that. And that opens up a whole so. new debate of, like, hey, do, you know, do, two, maybe, do maybe, two wrongs make a right or maybe whatever? Maybe we will cover capital punishment at some point in time. The old eye for an eye. Yeah. But. I'm a huge fan myself. Oh, I definitely think it has a place. But I also think that. The way people that wrongly the the justice obviously. system right yeah. now is is so screwed up in a lot of ways. I mean, it works. Nothing will be perfect, but you've got a lot of people that end up wrongfully accused, and, and a lot of it's because you have judges, lawyers who all they give a shit about is their record. They don't care about all right. The so truth. listen, he ends up being arrested when he's twenty some years old. They said if he would have sat. And, like, you know, not to skip ahead, but if his execution would have been carried out the way it was put in in his case, he wouldn't have been executed until he's 70 years old. He gets to spend almost 40 fucking years in prison. And I don't understand that. I, I mean, the next day, you call your family right now, bud. You get right with whoever you need to get right with, because we're fucking putting your ass to sleep tomorrow. Well, and that's you think about back, back in the day. You know, you that's how it would happen. The Wild West <laughs> or colonial days. It was like, it's sun up, your ass is hanging from a tree somewhere. You Touché. know. Uh, and again, there were probably a lot of people. I don't know if I say a lot, but more than yeah, should have. Now. You know, wrongfully accused or yeah, just, maybe. I mean, maybe some. Or just look the wrong way, or whatever the case may be. That's yeah. all it took sometimes. And uh, you know, look at the hell the Salem witch trials. Too sure. I mean, <laughs> same type of deal. So there, there's definitely an argument to be made on both sides. But I agree that you know, for people like this, where there's overwhelming evidence, I don't see the purpose in spending taxpayer money, money to no. keep these bastards alive. No, 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 not at all. So on. March 27th, this is probably one of his more... So this uh, is 10 days later, after he, the yeah. marathon day, where he tried to kill four people, succeeded in killing three. Or was it two no, out no. of three? Two out of three, yeah. Ten March days 27th, 1985, Ramirez had entered a home that he burglarized a year earlier at about 2 p.m. 2 a.m. 2 a.m., sorry. Yeah, it was always nice. It's the Night Stalker, not That's the true. matinee Mid-day stalker. <laughs> The midday stalker. He uh, shot a sleeping Vincent Charles Zazara, age 64, in the head. His wife, Maxine, had retrieved a shotgun from under the bed, oh, which was not loaded. Huh? Yeah, little fucking Charles. Charles. Yeah, robbing that cradle, son. All right. Uh, unloaded. Unloaded shotgun, which... It's unfortunate. That's the worst game plan ever and it really pissed richard off he was horribly horribly upset about this so he shot her three times with a 22 went to the kitchen retrieved a large carving knife and just started chopping her up i mean carved into her chest her stomach her face 
And at the end, he decided to uh, cut her eyes out and put them in a jewelry box that he had found in the house and then kept them as a souvenir. That's, uh, I don't even... You know, like, I get the stealing part, like actual jewelry in the jewelry box, but the eyeballs, I don't... (laughs) You lost me. Well, steal your fucking eyes. You know what I mean? Even if you're breaking in just to rob the house, and she pulls out a shotgun, you're like, well, my life or your life, I'm shooting you, and I'm stealing your jewelry. I can at least make sense of that. So, do you think Richard said out loud in that moment, he's like, you know, he got pissed. He's like, that's it? Taking your eyes. <laughs> he may have. Yes, I, I don't know. T- you don't look at the Night Stalker. Uh, no, I guess you don't. Or attempt to defend yourself. And that's what's weird. I mean, he's so offended by the fact that someone attempted to defend themselves. FYI, if you have a shotgun under your bed, at least... Make sure there are a couple rounds inside of Nearby. said shotgun. If you care about your eyeballs, you will. No shit. So again, here we go, just not even a month later, July 7th, 1985, Ramirez burglarized the home of Joyce Lucille Nelson, 60 years old. So he goes after a lot of old people. Um, Monterey Park, finding her asleep on the living room couch, beat her to death by stomping her face repeatedly and left a shoe print from an is that Avia sneaker. That's the Walmart brand, right? Hey, um, hey. Left a, what? You're a skipper, son. What am I skipping? You're a skipper. Well, he's talked about May. No. Oh, we talked about March. Man, I, just, I blew right by one. That's all right. You That's can circle right. back. You finish this one. We'll circle back. So anyways, he, he, leaves, he leaves a shoe print on her face. From an Avia, how do you pronounce that? Avia, 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 Avia sneaker, which obviously not as popular then as it is now. And uh, so and he got big ass feet. Does he? I mean, kind of small stature dude though, right? Late, no, I think he's six and some change. Lean though. Could have been star quarterback. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Instead, he's carrying eyeballs around in a jewelry box. I can think of a few quarterbacks who would have been better off pursuing a career like that. <laughs> What's that, carrying eyeballs? <laughs> they probably would have been slightly more successful. God damn it, you're coming to Andy Dalton so hard. <laughs> the red rifle. He's looking for a job, I heard. So He's going to need to. Um, so the one you said I skipped over. Yeah, let's go back. Go ahead. This, you got it. This May one's 14th. awful. May 14th, he uh, had returned to Monterey Park entered the home of Bill Doy, age 66, and his disabled wife, Lillian, 56. Immediately shot Bill in the face. Took care of him. I mean... I guess the silver on, lining is if you were a dude, he was just going to shoot you immediately. Yeah, so no you didn't raping really just have to hang, happening hang to out you. for what was going to happen next. But then his wife... So, like, when we, see, when we say disabled... We mean like invalid. She's in a hospital bed. So when he enters her room, he knows, you know, what the deal is. He uh, binds her in thumb cuffs, which obviously would be something he learned from Cousin Miguel. Okay. 
thumb cuff guru? Well, I just, I mean, thumb I cuffs. S- what I seem to believe that's are these God is is I wanted to bring in the Asians. Are these those little? Up. It's like a sleeve. No, no, that's finger cuffs. <laughs> but it'd be something different. very similar. But you're basically just tying those thumbs together, yeah, cuffing thumbs. I'm just picturing like miniature. Imagine the joints cuffs. on your thumbs. What would it take to separate those? You're gonna put some serious pressure on there. You know what I mean? Right. I but know. he ends up raping her and ran, ransacking the house for valuables. He drags her out of that bed. You know, and we'll see as it goes on. He's got the. You know, he'll make people swear to Satan. Is this everything you have? And do you swear to Satan? This is everything you have. Yeah. I mean, he just fucking goes off the deep end, man. It's strange to think of the fact that all these people at some point in time, they were, you know, born babies and they were just all of them. The worst At least part for is, a short while, were probably loved and cherished and adored by their parents, and all the while, it's just just absolutely the worst part is like I said, evil. These person. people aren't even chosen; they're just found, random. You know what I mean? Your fucking ass is just sitting at home, sleeping, sleeping, and now I've got a twenty-two round in my brain. <laughs> With the poop tooth predator preying on my wife now. It's not funny, but. That's <laughs> <laughs> not funny. I'm just declaring it's not funny. So then it goes into the story of the shoe print. Stomped her face in so bad he leaves a shoe print um, on the face. Which will actually come back later. We'll talk about it a little bit. And then a month later, August 8th, 1985. Drives a stolen car to the Diamond, to our two Diamond Bar, California. Uh, chose the home of Sakini, Sakini Abawath. Abawath. Very nice. Age 27. So this couple is about half the age of his normal yeah, yeah. Um, victims. And her husband, Elias, who's 31, sometime after 2.30 a.m., Enters the house, goes into the master bedroom, instantly kills the the sleeping husband Elias with a shot to the head with a twenty five caliber handgun. Uh, he handcuffed and beat Sakina uh, while forcing her to reveal the locations of the family's jewelry, and then brutally raped her. He repeatedly demanded that she swear on Satan uh, that she would not scream during his assaults. When the couple's three year old son entered the room, Ramirez tied the child up, and continued to rape Sakina. After Ramirez left the home, Sakina untied her son and sent him to the neighbors for help. Um, so, like, his M.O. with some of these women that he actually raped, it was not like a one and done. You know, he would spend some time, you know what I mean? So, a couple reports I read... You know, so he entered that house at 2.30 that evening. And he probably didn't leave until the sun came up. You know what I mean? So this poor lady, her child, sat through 
hours of torture and abuse. You know, this wasn't a, Aaron, I'm gone in 20 minutes. Are there any, is there anything out there of this child who'd be around our age, a little yeah. older now? Um, any, like their account of what happened or anything? Do you know of that? Have you? No. No. I'm just curious. Not that I've. I mean, I would think, Not I know three I years old is young, and most people don't remember a lot of shit that happens when they're three, but Some I think something like, like that, boy, this would yeah. be burned in your it, brain. Yeah, definitely make an imprint. When I started, when I was reading through this, and I, I started reading that part, I'm like, oh, no. I really thought, I mean, not that, not that what happens is good by any means, but I really thought that was going to go down a different road, and I'm glad it didn't. So Ramirez, who had been following the media coverage of his crimes, left Los Angeles and headed to San Francisco. And on August 18th, 1985, he entered the home of Peter and Barbara Pan. That's uh, got to be bullshit. Peter Pan. I just noticed that. <laughs> Maybe he's the guy that invented the is peanut it, butter. Is that a fucking typo? But yeah. he ended up shooting Sleeping Peter, age 66, <laughs> in the temple. Uh, he then beat and sexually assaulted Barbara age 62, before shooting her in the head and leaving her for dead. At the crime scene, Ramirez used lipstick to scrawl a pentagram in the phrase Jack the Knife on the bedroom wall. Did he ever elaborate on what he meant by that or why he did it? I, I have no clue about the Jack the Knife part, but there is one what if you murder. Jack the Peter. Jack the Peter probably falls into the Dahmer files, if I had to choose. Or Gacy, I mean. But there, there is one murder I left off of here. It was a couple. Just, uh, they were roommates. One was 83, one was 81. He had broken to the house. There's a claw hammer laying on the counter. So he, you know, a little more of a hands-on approach. On the list of things, if I got to choose what weapon I would be murdered by, God claw damn. hammer's really far down on that list. <laughs> yeah, and these, these poor women, they uh, they get their pull on that. So, so right, he basically splits the first one's head wide open, but wide she's open. still alive. Like, they even talk about the guy I found her, like, brain matter. Like, he could see inside her skull. And she was alive at the time. So, after cracking her skull, he moves on to her roommate's room. Same thing, just beats the hell out of her with a claw hammer. He returns to the first woman's house, or first woman's bedroom, and finds she's still alive. So, he... Pulls the cords from her bedside lamp and starts electrocuting her, just shocking her over and over and over. And then rapes her until he's he's satisfied. Goes back to the other room, does the same, just just cannot uh tortures these women. I mean I think I mean I would think even someone as screwed up as Richard Ramirez, like, I draw the line. At some point in time, when, yeah, like, when I'm you're done. When your brain's hanging out of your head, I, okay, I think I'll 
move on. He, he ends up sitting at their kitchen table, you know, has something to eat, something to drink, just kind of chilling. He goes back. He, he draws pentagrams on both of the women before he leaves the house. And they're both alive through all this, correct? Yeah. They actually stayed that way for three days before they were found by a handyman. Still alive. Still alive. Heads wide open. 83 and 81. So tough, tough old birds. And then eventually die in the hospital. So Dahmer, he would have, he wouldn't have been at the kitchen table eating a snack. He'd have been <laughs> catching a little bit of that brain. I'm guessing. <laughs> Saying, I mean, well, if you ain't gonna eat this, I might as well. I might as well put this to you since you aren't gonna need it much longer. So, uh, San Francisco's mayor at the time, Diane Feinstein, who's done such a wonderful job. As mayor and as a congresswoman, I was going to say that, that the name same. sounds familiar. That's what I'm saying. These assholes stay in power for 40 years. It's nuts. She decided to divulge all the information that the San Francisco Police Department had, you know, discovered at the time on a televised news conference. It's always a good idea. Which pissed, pissed off, off the police department. God, they were upset. So Richard immediately walked to the Golden Gate Bridge, took those Avia shoes off that they knew he was one of three people in California who had a pair of them, and threw them in the river. Good job, Diane. We appreciate that. And uh, so they knew the killer, obviously, so he was watching this, learned all these things they knew about him. And uh, it didn't stop him from continuing his crimes, though. On August 24th, 1985, Ramirez broke into the house of Bill Carnes, age 30, so another younger couple, and his fiancée, Inez Erickson, who was 29. Ramirez entered the sleeping couple's bedroom, awakened Carnes when he uh, cocked his 25 caliber handgun. He shot Carnes three times in the head, before turning his attention to Erickson. Ramirez told her that he was the Night Stalker and forced her to swear she loved Satan as he beat her with his fist, bound her with neckties found in the closet. Uh, after stealing what he uh, could find, Ramirez dragged Erickson to another room before raping her. He then demanded cash and more jewelry and made her swear on Satan there was no more before leaving the home. See, now... If if I remember correctly, listening, you know, I had heard something about this. Like, they're both pretty physically fit, you know what I mean? So this was probably his biggest struggle, you know what I mean, to date. Because but he came in he's and... He's been running the senior circuit shot for a long dude, time now. Shot, shot the husband, though, right out the bat. Boom, boom. But, but did he pass? Did it say he passed? Because maybe I'm mixing um, two up then. Three I'm times, though. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, three I times mean, in the head before turning. I mean, if he survived that, shit. So it must be another uh, another one I was thinking. It might be. There, there was he, a younger couple he had walked in on, and, like, we're talking, these are probably some CrossFit cats. Before CrossFit was cool. And he shot both, and they're both like, fuck it, let's go. They're still after him. He ended up just splitting. Like, let's cut his losses. Yep, time to go. Well, and then before he left that night, at their home, he told Erickson, tell them the Night Stalker was here. Right. He so, loved that. 
at this point, and this is what I noticed They're too as we go on. Like once it. he gets to this, it's like he gets to a point where he he starts leaving people alive or more of them, anyways. Right. Um, which, and I'm not sure he's getting sloppy, but I think he wants people to he's getting arrogant. More or less, yeah, tell the tale. He's drunk on the the control and maybe the power that he feels like he has. Not to mention, I'm sure he's still got a pretty solid cocaine habit. Oh yeah. Probably whacked out of his mind. So they obtained a single fingerprint uh, from the rearview mirror of a stolen car that Ramirez uh, had been using. And despite careful efforts uh, to wipe the car clean of his prints, they still found this one. So now, most of these people that have died up to this point, their cars have been stolen. And he just drops them off wherever. But he's been really meticulous about just leaving nothing behind. Until now. Until now. So they got the single print uh, positively ID'd as belonging to Richard Ramirez, who was described as a 25-year-old drifter from Texas. Uh, law enforcement officials decided to release a mugshot of Ramirez from a 1984 arrest for auto theft um, in the media, uh, to the media, and the Night Stalker finally had a face. So on August 30th, 1985, Ramirez took a bus to Tucson, Arizona to visit his brother, which his brother wasn't there, so he took a return bus to Los Angeles on the morning of August 31st. He was unaware at the time that he had become the lead story in basically every major newspaper and television program across California. He had walked past police officers who were stalking the bus terminal in hopes of catching the killer should he attempt to flee. Uh, when he entered a convenience store in East Los Angeles. A group of elderly Hispanic women had basically identified him, screaming El Matador. Richard then noticed his face on the newspaper rack and fled the store in a panic. So, so the El- best part, the best part, where are you going with El Matador? Well, Let's hear that's it. what, El- I mean, because I think Matador, right? It's the, the guy with the... Yeah, yeah, he kills them both at the end. Maybe that's, I mean, yeah, I wonder I'm not if, Spanish. I don't know. Oh, I'm not either. I wonder. Because I still think it's El Asino. Which is the killer. If there is any Latin listeners out there, please tell me who's right. Well, and then if, if I'm ever somewhere. Well, all movies. I know is if I'm ever somewhere and people start screaming El Matador, I'm getting the fuck out of that place. Because <laughs> the bull's coming. <laughs> Maybe that's why. But, uh. So this the is best, getting to the, be- I the agree. best this part is about the it. Best part. He takes off and he's trying to jack this person's car and that person's car. And he's like basically running through like East LA. Like this is not the fucking Rodeo Drive. This is not Hollywood. He's running through the hood trying to get this person's car, that person's car. And people start to catch on, you know, like who this asshole is. One lady. He tries to hop in her car. Old man's like 10 feet away. Smacks him in the head with a pole. Like a fence pole. Just clocks him. Then his boys are hopping in. So he is just getting his ass whipped for probably a mile and a half. Until the group finally catches up with him. And the best part about it is. So I watched a little video today of like when he was actually arrested. He's got his head fucking wrapped up. <laughs> Love it. He just they should have just let those uh, those finish people finish the job. Man. Yeah. 
No trial needed today, boys. I mean, that's one of those things where the cops should have pulled on the road, saw what was going down, and just turned the other way. Yep. Turn their radio off. No, where's I... Where's Mark Furman when you need him? <laughs> so, um, we get into the trial and conviction. So, at the first court appearance, Ramirez raised his hand. Um, he had a pentagram drawn on it and yelled, yelled, Hail Satan. August 14th, trial was interrupted uh, because one of the jurors, Phyllis Singletary, did not arrive in the courtroom later that day. Uh, or excuse me, later that day she was found shot uh, to death in her apartment. The jury was terrified and wondered if Ramirez had somehow uh, directed this event from inside the prison cell. So and, uh, the juror who was chosen to replace them were like, fuck it, I'm not showing. They only had 11 jurors. I'm not coming. She died. I could die. I'm not coming. Like, and the judge rode with it. Just went with 11 then? Just because they were, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, fuck it. I'm not, not happening. That's You've crazy. seen what he did to her. He could do it to me too. Uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll, we can get into this one day. But that kind of talking about the jury and that kind of thing makes me think about um, famous trial that happened in Peoria, uh, the Richard Speck trial. Uh, where he killed those nurses up in Chicago. Yeah, that'd be and a good. That'd be a good. They moved the trial down here. And, well, it gets posted. I see it gets posted on uh, Facebook. Something about it every once in a while. And it always gets blown up with comments where there's people like uh, my mom or my grandma was a part of that. Um, a guy actually, some the guy at work I was talking to today. He goes, uh, his grandpa was on the jury, and he's like, he literally couldn't like leave the courthouse for two weeks during the trial. Like they kept them like these people. I mean, literally, they were they set up shop there. Right. I mean, no, I know they put them like in a hotel and stuff these days, but uh, big trials like this. But I mean, it was you know, it's but a you big see, deal. Well, back yeah, then. and these comments. So you see people talking about thing. like how evil he was or looked, and um, like they didn't even keep him in the jail. I think they built a special cell in the basement of the courthouse right. to For keep him, him in uh, because because that time the jail was across the street from the courthouse downtown. And they didn't want the whole ordeal of having to walk him across the street every day to court with just having how to protect high profile him. this right, was. Right. Just in but, case someone got yeah, so that'd be, and did what they should have done. That'd be something to be fun to dig into someday. And, and maybe if we are going to do that, we can tap into just throw it out there. And if anyone has a story about it, they could share it with us through yeah, email it's or got something. got the local hometown we'll, feel. Yeah. Uh, they could, yeah, the people could share their stories and we could read them and talk about them or uh, record them, whatever. Uh, that'd be fun. But I w So on September 20th, okay, four years later, this trial started four years previous to this. Why'd it take so long? Just I, Until OJ, this trial cost California more money than any other trial ever. Just because of the length of time, or I don't know if it was them collecting evidence, or well, and there's the sometimes like four you're... years seems like a really, you know, from arraignment to sentencing, that's a long goddamn time. That's too much legal bullshit for me, but well, at least they got the answer right in the end. No, um, they didn't. No, well, <laughs> he never got put to death. 
This well, he was sentenced, You could have fucking washed your hands of this thing. 1989, just psh, done with it. So no, November 7th, or September 20th, my bad. He was convicted on all charges. 13 counts of murder, 5 attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries. And then on no, November 7th, 89, he was sentenced to die in California's death or gas chamber. He uh, stated reporters after his death sentence, big deal, death always went with the territory, see you in Disneyland. And uh, didn't he, on his way out, or he didn't even stay there, right, for his sentencing or he something? He wasn't there for sentencing. He, he went back to his holding cell. But on his so. way out, didn't he say some goofy stuff? Not just this, but something about Hail Satan and blah, blah. Yeah, he he kind of goes on a ramble about the Night Prowler, which was an ACDC song that he loved. And uh, which you... actually, it gave, uh, gave the old boys in the ACDC a lot of bad... Publicity oh, these days, if, if something oh, they'd like be that. canceled, yeah, they'd be over, man. That'd be the end of them. But uh, you got which, Ozzy Osbourne, Marilyn Manson, which, which I mean, I'm surprised of, just on this information being released right same. now on this podcast. You know, obviously, we've realized there's apparently no statute of limitations on things that you say, right? So, um, anymore. or you're affiliated with <laughs> it, doesn't matter. So, um, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, ACDC is gonna get canceled now, which. Actually, I think at one of his crime scenes, he had lost his ACDC oh, hat. You're, you're burying him. You're burying ACDC. Oh, there they right go, now. boys. No more back in black. Never happened. No. Greta Thunberg is going to come out and maximum put an overdrive end, was never a thing. Put an end to ACDC. I don't even know. If that's so what the best about. part of this story is Richard Ramirez ended up dying in 2013 of blood cancer. So. They sentenced him to death, and I was going to ask you about this because Kemper was sent, or no, he wanted to be sentenced to death. When was his trial? Early Earlier, 80s. right? Early but 80s. didn't you say at that point in they time had the, they had a moratorium on the death penalty? Right. So how did, in 89, how did they end up sentencing Ramirez to death? That obviously had to have been repealed at some point in time. But then ultimately they never did it. They said if it would have... You know, just like most of the bullshit in California. So, 89, sentenced to death. And he was probably in his late 20s. That he would have been 70 whatever years old before that death sentence was actually carried out. So when people get sentenced to death, there's not... How do they go about determining when that's going to take place? Do you have any idea what I, I that process is? I think they give you an actual time for appeals. And if nothing sticks in that time, then it, you know, ultimately can be carried out. But 40 years seems like a really goddamn long time for appeals. I would agree. So he died of what? What would you say? Blood cancer? Yeah, probably like a leukemia or something, I would imagine. In 2013, I had no idea. Was there... That he had turned, like, highlighter green. So, I mean, he was... Was there anything on the no, news? I hope, he, I hope he suffered was there every anything? day of his life. Oh, yeah. Was there anything on the news when he died? Do you, do you know? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, 
So he had actually ended up getting married in prison. When he was first sentenced, he had thousands of women sending him. What met- in the fuck <laughs> is wrong with these people? There was women even sending letters like, I wish you would have broken into my house. Now, you know goddamn well, the same with old Big Ted, Big Ed, what the outcome is. So what is your big boner about this guy? And the lady he ended up marrying, actually, for years, you know, just said he was innocent, innocent, innocent. And then in 2009, when the DNA matched him to that young nine-year-old, basically his first kill, she divorced him. Wanted nothing to do with him and kind of recanted everything she ever said up until that point. So, I've said this before. I've probably said it to you at some point in time. I consider myself to be of, like, average intelligence at best. Like, the absolute average intelligence. Like, I I walk through life assuming there's a lot of people in this world that are much more intelligent than me. Um, I feel like... I consider myself to be very, very average. I feel like the last few elections, Brad... (laughs) (laughs) And... It every day, I am just increasingly terrified by the amount of people I encounter or hear about or read about that are breathing air every day, significantly dumber than I am. I'm like, if there are this many people in this world that are that much dumber than I am, we're in trouble. And I I seriously, because I'm like, I I don't have the, the answers. I just assume there's a lot of people a lot smarter than me that had shit figured out. I'm just gonna hoping. Get shit figured out. I'm just along for the ride. That's right. I'll help where <laughs> like, I can. You need you need me to lift something, <laughs> right? Fuck it, I'll lift it. Uh but it's it's terrifying, man. How many just and it's not even an uneducated thing. I've met people who have all every degree you could imagine that are fucking stupid. Um, yeah, I don't know. It and this whole, you know, Bundy getting blown up with letters. Um, I don't know how much it happened with Kemper. I'm sure to some degree he wasn't as yeah, he's physically not attractive. Yeah. Um, apparently they're into the but round teeth. Ramirez. Yeah, the old poop tooth. They wanted <laughs> every part of that. Me every time, man. Uh, I, and, and I don't know. And maybe uh, one of our female listeners could chime in with what it is with, with women and serial killers. Well, no, just that. I mean, you get you always hear the bad boy that, thing, that right? Bat, yeah. That like trying to you know, I don't know if they want that to be able to sort of harness that craziness, and that person will act normal, yes, yes. and they can keep it under control, whatever the case may be. I guess this is just taking that times a million when you apply it to a serial killer. Yeah, but, where you like go through the thought of actually marrying them. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, the, the only thing I would send this guy in written form is, you're a piece of shit. Like, I hope you die. What if you just send him a piece of shit? He'd probably eat it, Brad. Brush his teeth with it? Probably. Because He never brushes his teeth. I tell you what. Sounds like. We're going to find out. You want to know? All right, so the funniest part is, in the beginning, when people profile them and they're like, yeah, fucking shit mouth. They sent out a letter to, like, Dennis in California. 
which to me just blows my fucking mind because obviously that's not a place he's attending. Yeah. He probably hadn't seen the dentist in God knows how long. Or brushed his fucking teeth. So what was like, hey, well, uh, why you, do you think the ADA is going to. Can you give us a in? list of people that have really bad breath that have come to your <laughs> office? Every fucking Specifically person. with bulging eyes and curly hair. And fairly Hispanic. But some of some of his first uh, sketches were bad. They would have never caught him. If that's all they had to go off of were those first couple sketches, God, they're bad. So before we stray too far away from the uh, women flooding these guys with letters in prison, declaring their love, we're going to find out, okay? Um... We're going to stack up the men versus the women here, I imagine, in the next week or two. Because Jeffrey Dahmer, votes, Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer, gay, obviously. I don't think any of us, he was homosexual. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. He ever, I'm wondering uh, how many partook. dudes, how many dudes were sending old Dahmer letters when he got caught up. Yeah. I can't imagine that. How many, how many Dauber picks do you think he got in the mail? <laughs> right. Because probably a I'm couple. not saying. That men are make better choices, <laughs> but <laughs> You're just thinking they do. I don't know. I take that I back. Just some, just some fun new uh, think about there. Yeah, I love women. Yeah, I I doubt Dahmer had too many pen pals, but you know when a man tells another man eat my penis, I'm not sure that's necessarily what they mean. If the teeth are involved, I'm out. I'm over it. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It's probably time to wrap this bad yeah, boy up. Yeah. Uh, the Night Stalker. Let us know what you think of old Richard Ramirez. Some of you may. One thing I will remember. say, though, is I would like to say thank you yeah. to everybody who's been listening. For so sure, man. Definitely awesome. seems like we've had a little bit of a uptick in listens, participations, and yeah. everything else. So. No. Definitely, I mean, this has proven to be something that people are interested in, and uh, I'm happy that there's not an overwhelming amount of people that seem to be offended by our take on all this stuff. Yeah, uh, but I think we've clarified. I think they know we're full of shit. We know so. where we stay. Yeah, I think people understand where we're coming from. And um, no, uh, we really appreciate it. And let us know. You know, we we need to. We're trying to put together a plan for November. So let us know what you think. Yeah, the Throw faces of death as it sits right now. I'd like. I would like for it to end on Halloween. Halloween. So uh, maybe uh, I'm thinking about a little giveaway maybe. So we'll see. We'll see what's in the works. Awesome. So we'll wrap this up and uh, we're looking at BTK next, right? Yeah. This Friday. Awesome. Find them. Torture them. Kill them. Dennis Rader. All right, guys. Let's toast. Let's toast it up. Here's to those who wish us well. All the rest can go to hell. Good night, everybody. Fuck you, Richard Ramirez. Hey, hey, hey. I ran into some uh, situations that were very precarious. If you do something so many times, it's bound to happen wrong sometimes. 
to apprehend the killers, uh, serial killers mainly. It's, they need to a mistake by the killer or a stroke of luck by the police. Either that or uh, they need to get inside the mind of these serial killers.